Hallelujah. I believe our Papa is ready to deliver the word and we don't want to contaminate the atmosphere. He's a great man of God, a man with integrity, astute leader, and father to many pastors and bishops and apostles, preaching the word of God with signs and wonders following. The captives being set free, bringing clarity and direction to the body of Christ. And it's been an amazing father to us as a ministry in Bristol Bread of Life ministry and personally to myself and Lady Gifty and the entire Bread of Life ministries. It's been a great blessing to us from the beginning of the conference. He opened with a soft prophetic word and we went higher and higher and yesterday was amazing and if you look at the trend tonight i believe is gonna be supernatural amen beloved with a standing ovation and a mighty clap as unto the lord let's welcome and receive the ministry of our papa dr michael Will you please put your hands together? Let us celebrate the Lord our God one more time. Amen. I want to personally celebrate Lady Gifty and Pastor Eric for their incredible, stellar leadership. Amazing people. You are good people. I love your company. I, because you get to a place where relationship trumps any other thing. And I am thankful to God for giving me such a great relationship. Amen. Lift up your Bible with me. <laughs> Say, this is my Bible. It is the word of God. I will become what he says I can become. I'll go where he says I can go. I'll achieve what he says I can achieve. Slap your chest and say, I am a believer. Come on, do it again. Say, I am a believer. If the Bible is yours, I invite your attention to the book of St. John's Gospel. No, Matthew's Gospel should be done today. I think yesterday we did St. John or St. John. So today let's do Matthew's Gospel. I, I, I want to touch almost all of them. <laughs> let's do St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 5. It's a very popular scripture and I felt like when I was coming here today, I wanted to do um, the book of Acts, chapter number 27. When I sat here, the Lord took me back and said, go to St. Matthew's Gospel and let me give you a word there for my people. And so I want to share with you what he just told me. It's in Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 5. If you found it, you can see I'm there already. All right. So in the verse number 12, he opened the account and said, Rejoice, and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. I have had people who try to explain the realms based on human comfort that there is no heaven and there is no hell that if you are poor and hungry and you are going through trouble we say you are in hell and if you live on an 
a very huge acreage of land and you have servants to your beck and call, we say you are in heaven. It says there are people who live heaven on earth life and others live hell on earth life. But there is something beyond that kind of temporal hold up. And Jesus said, For so persecuted did the prophets which were before you. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savour, where shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on an hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And gives light unto all that are in the house. Verse 16 is what I want all of us to read together. Let's read it together. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Your good works. They may see your good works. And glorify your father. So there is a direct correlation between uh, your works and what people ascribe to your God. When they see your works, they are able to glorify your father. Because they see your works and your father to be uh, interwoven, more or less. If you have good works, you bring glory to God. Heavenly Father, we know the grass or whether the flower will fade, but your word will abide forever. We pray that you give us a word that works. Anoint these lips of clay, O oh God, and make it an instrument of a blessing to somebody's life. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to look for five people and tell them that I was born for impact. I want you to look for five people and just tell them that for me. That I was born for impact. If you do that, please take your seats if you are. I was born for impact. Um, we have a law called the law of transitivity. And those of you who did math, of course, everybody here did math. It's a matter of whether you loved it or you hated math. We are in church, we have holy and saved people. If you know you hated math, could you please show by hand? You did not like math at all. You love to read, but not math. Math was not your friend. How many of you loved math? You loved math. So I'm going to ask you to explain. How many of you loved math? Just show by hand. Because I want you to explain the law of transitivity to me. So how many of you? Yeah, show, because you loved it. Just show by hand. If you loved math, just show by hand so you can explain to the church what the mathematical law of transitivity is. Just show by hand. Loved how many of you loved math? <laughs> and the ugly hand went down. How many of you loved, okay, you loved math, but you don't remember transitivity? Aha! 
All right. Uh, just a quick one, just to calm you and um, welcome you into the presence. But the law of transitivity is very simple, especially if you are doing triangles. And um, I did it about 25 years ago, but I remember. And it's just to say um, that if A is equal to B and B is equal to C, then A is equal to C. Uh, very simple. <laughs> it's a mathematical law. I say that if A is equal to B and B is equal to C, then definitely A is also equal to C. Very simple math. But uh, math is a very interesting subject because everything in our lives can be explained with math. That is why if a nation is not producing more mathematicians, they are doomed to fail. Because out of math, you give birth to proper engineering. There can't be an engineer who hates math. It's impossible. They go together. Now, I'm using that law to just explain to you what it means to carry glory and to emit it. That if God lives in the Mastarion and he is the um, embodiment of glory, and you say he is in you or you are connected to him, there is no way you should be far removed from exhibiting or showcasing his glory. There are levels and Christians only stay on the first phase of our walk with God, which is to be anointed. We always say that a man is anointed, somebody is anointed, an anointed man of God, an anointed woman of God, an anointed vessel of God, an anointed singer, an anointed musician, an anointed this, an anointed that. But being anointed is nothing but an introduction to a higher call. The anointing is not the end in itself. The anointing is an event that introduces you to a higher purpose. So to be anointed simply means you have been empowered to work. That's what the anointing is. So the fact that you are anointed doesn't mean you should sit on your laurels and say it is done. It is just an introduction. Look at somebody and say, go deeper. Look at another and say, go deeper. Because all that you have been looking for, God, I need the anointing. Anointing fall on me. Anoint and, and that song has been sung over and over and over again. But there is nobody in history throughout scripture who was anointed every time. Because when, once the anointing comes upon you, it is a preparation for the work that is ahead of you. So you are anointed for the work. But the anointing is supposed to give you an idea of the kind of work you are called for. Probably let me go a bit deeper. So when you are anointed, it's the first phase. Then you get to a place where you invite and walk with the presence of God. So the second phase from being anointed because normally the anointing is for an assignment whether it is for war or is for rulership once the anointing comes on you it is a preparation for work but after the anointing you need to move with presence so there are people who when they start to sing you can tell that the whole atmosphere has changed it's called presence but presence is also not all that it is 
when you read your bible the man called moses walked in the three dimensions moses was anointed by god to lead and to be a deliverer after moses was anointed the bible says that god said unto him um, um moses I, I i i am going to go with you i'm going to send an angel to go with you moses looked at god and said god you know what unless your presence go with us we are not going and the presence although he was anointed he called for a presence it means you can be anointed and lack presence because the anointing was an event what you do in terms of your relationship with god determines whether you carry his presence or not because you can be anointed and still live in sin there are anointed people who are preachers oh i have had issues and heard of stories where some preachers were pedophiles so although they were anointed to do the work of god because it was just an event they were anointed but they don't have the presence because their lifestyle is not commensurate to the anointing so they are anointed but they live in sin they are anointed but they have extramarital activities they are anointed but they are gossips they are anointed but they set families apart they are anointed but they manipulate people they are anointed but they are robbers spiritual alarm robbers and so the fact that you are anointed doesn't mean you carry the presence M moses was anointed but he asked god that your presence must go with us and god said okay my presence will go with you so moses had now moved to the second tier of walking with god whereby he was now walking in the visible tangible presence of god such that when moses descends from the mountain people cannot behold him because the presence of god was so tangible that they had to veil him people couldn't look at his face now moses are now what with god in his presence and god will tell he he will get to god and say god where we are going i think that the places we are going to there are there are deeper places you want me to get to and there are more, more oppositions than i expected show me your glory so you can be anointed and never experience glory you are anointed after the anointing you graduate into presence but ultimately a man of god a woman of god anybody who walks with god must be able to live in the glorious presence and emit the glory of god Amen. if we don't get to places where people can see the glory of god in our lives we have disappointed the heavens and unfortunately most of us have become too comfortable with the anointing that is why people can carry oil to people well in your part of the world you are safe it's better for you it's good here because where i'm coming from oils have colors there are people who sell blue oil green oil pink oil yellow red indigo we are we we are dependent on men rather than seeking god and the moment man becomes your focus you lose traction on god and man is naturally manipulative because of the seed of corruption that has been sown
So they will say, I will take my chances. What they mean is that if I have to jump, I will jump. But if you are able to entrust your life in the hands of this almighty God, there is nowhere he can't lead you to. Actually, you don't need a blue oil for protection. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. When the righteous run to the name, they are saved. So safety is not in any other name. Safety is in the name of the Lord. That is what you should grow into maturity, into becoming and seeing. And somebody calls you and tells you, uh, I saw a demon trying to kill you. And until you sow a seed of 10,000, you are not going. Let me die. Honestly. Ultimately, we are all dead men. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And so if not paying you 10,000 and God will kill me because I'm not giving you. If I don't give you money and God will kill me, let him kill me. That is how superficial our faith has become. And, and, and because of that, there's a lot of manipulation going on in the system. And that's why we are turning our believers who are not deep. So any wind can blow them from one place to another because they are not grounded. Oh, if I, how can God kill me? Because I don't have 10,000 to give you. How? When did the blood become ineffective? When did the blood lose its power? When? I, every deity will keep alive its offering and the offerer. And as far as my life is offered unto God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, there is no weapon formed or fashioned against you that shall prosper. And any tongue that will rise against you, is all, there is nothing from hell that can prevail. It's impossible. I can't. We have to get to that place of spiritual maturity. That lets you know that for me, when I am giving, I'm not giving because I am afraid. I'm giving because I love God and I want to support his work. I don't give so that I will live. Because his giving is enough for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish. So the, 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 the key to salvation, everlasting life, security... What saves you from perishing is believing in Christ. Amen. He that believes in him shall not perish. So if I don't want to perish, I just have to believe in him. As long as I believe in him, I cannot. Can you tap somebody and tell the person you can't perish? Oh, come on, tap three people. Somebody might not even believe in you. Somebody might need a prophetic word that is coming from your mouth. Can you tap somebody and tell the person, neighbor, I so believe in you and I know you cannot perish, but you will live and declare the oracles of God. I can't perish. Man of God, I, 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 I find it very strange. I quite remember when we wanted to build, a man called me and said, um, that the, the, Accra is a very difficult place and uh, um, um, if, 
if you if you really want to build you have to look for this money and go and give to these people who are bishops on the land i said god punish the devil and i said that not being disrespectful to anybody i said that because i saw that it was antithetical to scripture and so i said that because i i realized that it has no relationship there is nothing scripturally that can be used to buttress that point the last time I checked, he said, I'll build my house. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. The last time I checked, the Bible says, except the Lord builds. So the builder ultimately is God. So I told him, he said, how much money should I get? He said this. I said to him, sir, what you said can buy 5,000 bags of cement. And I think we need that more. Ah. he said doc it would have helped i said no the only help that a man needs to do god's work is god himself and that's the truth you see the only one who will help you to do god's work is the man who owns the work you can never do god's work with the help of man it's not man's work so your source of refuge is in god let all men rise against you, but be on the right side of God, and you're fine. Yes. Are you following what I'm saying? Yes. So in Scripture, if you, if you read the book of St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 5, the Lord had laid, Jesus was given a parable, of course. He was talking to them, and he started talking to them about something that I've said in Ghana. I'm not going to say it here. He was talking about character formation. He, he first of all said... Um, that blessed are, blessed are, blessed are the meek, the, the merciful, the poor in spirit, the this, the that, and they shall be called the sons of God. They shall obtain mercy. They shall do this. They shall do that. He was talking about the desired attributes or characteristics of the believer, the beatitudes, the attitudes he wants you to have. So Matthew 5 talks about divine characteristics that Jesus wants a believer to have. He moved on, and I said it, and when I was sharing that in Ghana, that he moved from the Beatitudes into similitudes. All right? In the Beatitudes, then he said that they shall, you are the light of the world, the salt of the earth, and all of that. He was using similes, of course, and um, he was talking about what you will become after you have formed the right character. The reason why we are not able to attract a lot of people into the Christian faith is because our character is at variance with the impact we want to have. We say we are Christians, but our character does not depict true Christianity. How can you be a Christian and be a gossip? It, it doesn't work. There is no correlation. That you are divisive and you call yourself a Christian. Know ye not that anybody who divides is not of God, but they serve their own bellies. That is what your scripture tells you. He said, be, brethren, be mindful of those who divide. Because they are not serving the true God, they are after their belly. I keep saying that if you are doing basic, of course, basic mathematics, there are four mathematical symbols, plus, minus, 
um, division multiplication and if you do because you are having two powers you are having God and the devil ultimately the two powers if you divide the four mathematical symbols into by the two powers you get two apiece and the two apiece God has two the devil has two God has the multiplication and the addition the Bible says and the Lord God shall multiply you a thousand times more so God is a multiplier the Bible says and the Lord will the Lord added to the church and so God adds as well if you divide them God is a multiplier and he adds as well the devil also subtracts and he divides for the thief cometh not but for to steal to kill and to destroy and so if you have anybody around you who is divisive and he's taken away from you I can tell you that you don't need to look for the devil because the devil is living on the inside of the person you don't need to look around for the devil if you see a div Divisive person. That's the devil right there. The reason why we can have impact in our times is because our character is at variance with the desired impact. We don't have the right character. We do anything we want to do. You can't say that you are a Christian. Do you really understand what it means to be a Christian? A life of purity, an oath taken to, to walk after the tenets and the precepts of the Bible to say that God, for me, I will live for you, I will die for you, I will live my life as a holy sacrifice unto you, I will walk pure for you i will touch no unclean thing i will not walk in any form of ungodliness i will walk a life of purity that is what christianity is about it's a way of the christ Amen. so you can't be a christian and do anything that the worldly people do oh. it's, it's sad because maybe um because most of you are not historically inclined, you also copy fashion blindly. Because if you understand the historicity of our evolution and human development, you understand why tattoos came, you will understand the usage of anklets, double piercings in the ears, nose, and all. You will understand all of that. Well, I'm not going to say it. I won't. No, I'm telling you. Because you see, people of God, in those days, there was, people were grouped, segregation, people were serving different homes of the people who were living in the upper echelons of the society. So what separated this slave from the other slave is a mark. If you understand the origin of tattoo, that's what it came about. So it was a mark to differentiate these slaves from these slaves. So if you see this on this one, it tells you the household is coming from. Because they were not speaking the same language. And so when you see my slave straying, you can tell by the inscription on his body or on her body, and know that this is the slave from this house and you can direct the person back. So technically, voluntarily, people, although they are out of the shackles of slavery, are in self-enslavement. 
Bible said without four piercings in your ears, you won't be beautiful. In fact, that takes away from your beauty because it makes you complicated. I will be afraid to approach a lady with four piercings. I will be because I'm scared. If what I see can scare me, I don't know where, what you're hiding. No, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. So people are saying, oh, God, I've been praying, and I'm not getting the right man. And because, you see, men will treat the presentation, not the character within, because they don't see that. I mean, all of you, 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 you carry different forms of beauty. And if there is any beauty you really want to promote, promote the beauty within. Because a man is not going to marry a beautiful nose. Because you can't survive with a beautiful nose. You need a beautiful human being. As in somebody who is sweet from the inside. And when you go out and you are slapped in the face by the troubles of life and you come home, somebody will pat you on the shoulder and say, tell you that you are going to make it. And not somebody who has a beautiful figure. We need to get to a place of Christian seriousness. Because, of course, in your workplace, is the reason why you can't invite people to church is because your character, even in your workplace, they know it's, it's nothing to write home about. So how can you tell me to follow you to Christ, knowing what you do? I meet with you in the pub. We go to the nightclub together, and you tell me to wake up early to go to church. I'm tired. That's what it is. I'm tired. I need to sleep. But you are pushing. Let your light shine before men. That is what your Bible is saying. In the book of St. Matthew's Gospel, Jesus now, has now moved from the Beatitudes, the character, and he moved to similitudes, which is the impact. He said, until your character is right, you can't be the salt of the earth. The salt is a repellent. The salt is a preservative. What God is saying is that if your character is right, wherever you go, you preserve your world and your community. So there are people whose lives are contingent on your well-being. They will only do well if you do well. God has positioned you in your family to be a light to a family. You are saying that there is darkness in Bristol. People are not going to church anymore. I can understand why people are not going to church. Because we are not shining We have allowed materialism to take center stage of our lives. And unfortunately, Christianity is also churning out people with materialistic hermeneutics. The people who believe that your walk with God and how pleased God is with you can only be explained through your material acquisition. So when somebody doesn't have all that, it doesn't mean the person is blessed. That it means the person is not blessed. That's what it is. That no, if you, if you say God has blessed you and the way you say you love God and you've been going to church, why, how can you be in church all this while and you are still struggling? Because people have related and synchronized or harmonized worldly well-being or earthly well-being to divine uh, blessing or what is called God is happy with you. And they are two different things. 
Who told you Lazarus was rich? But he made heaven. That's what it is. What I really want people to understand, people of God, and where I want you to get to, is that, and, and I'm talking to, sometimes when I'm saying these things, I say it to myself. Because if you're a preacher and you're not mindful, you preach sermons that, that excites people but doesn't transform people. So we are not transformational in our agenda. We are only interested in, take it. God is going to bless you. I receive it. And you have been jumping and receiving. It's like bodybuilding. You are building your calves, building your muscles, your triceps, your biceps, your chest is developed. And yet, there is nothing to show. Because you don't have your eyes on the right ball. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things. And so what we get from God is hinged on how we seek his kingdom. Because you see, God is the ultimate force that every other thing is gravitating towards. So you should, God, if you seek him, you cut your labor. That's what it is. Because everything is going towards God. And so if you find God, because everything is coming there already, they will come and meet you there. So if you go seeking the things, because the things are going to God, you will miss it. And that's the problem. Jesus said, you need to build the right character. After you've built the right character, move a step further. And don't only build character, also have impact. Because what is, the, the, what is your contribution to society if all that they can remember is that you lived and you died? You do Newtonian physics. The first law of motion. Second law. Third law. You do all that. Actions and reactions are equal and opposite. The body will continue in a straight line until an external force is exerted upon it to do otherwise. Somebody had to sit down. Make indelible prints, kinetic energy. Do aerodynamics. Like the Wright brothers. Well, sit down and put together how you can move from Accra to London without going through the waters and the high seas. And they will do aerodynamics. And say that there should be a pull and a push, a thrust and a lift to get across but in doing that you need a propellant so let us develop an engine and they will develop pistons they will do all of that what have been your contribution to humanity that is what a christian is supposed to be thinking about that we don't have christians who are owning businesses and rather employing people and these days we have believers working for the unbelievers in fact, most of the people you work for, they are not even saved. And you think it's okay because I'm getting paid. Check your scripture. People who really walked with God, they were not paid, they were paid. So they were rather creators of jobs. I said yesterday, in the book of Deuteronomy, when God was moving them from Egypt to the promised land, God said unto them, Behold, I'm the Lord your God. When he was telling them that they should remember, 
how it all started. He said unto them, and thou shalt not forget, you shall remember that I am the Lord your God that gives unto you power to make wealth. And the word power there is not exosia or dunamis or kratos. It's not the deliverance power that comes from God. It's not that. It is capacity or ideas. So when God says that I give unto you the power to make wealth, what God is saying is that I give you ideas on how to create wealth. Wealth creation is not in biceps or triceps. Wealth creation is not in A to 5. Wealth creation is born out of an idea. Because wealth is not in working for. Wealth is letting people work for you. The problem with believers, the reason why we can't really promote the gospel. These days, churches are folding up. They are selling the cathedrals to even Muslims and they are converting it into mosques and converting some into theaters and cinemas and all of that because they can't even keep the doors open. They can't pay for the heating. Because church people are more impoverished now than they were then. Because we are not creative anymore. You wear everybody, but nobody wears you. You wear Chanel. You wear Dior. You wear... Primark. You wear all those people. But who wears you? So you are busily making money and wearing people who don't even know who you are. And you think your value is in what you wear. So because the person did not sit and is not holding a Birkins. The person is not holding uh, uh, any bag of higher repute. And is not using any expensive clutch. You don't even respect the person because you think that a person's value is in their valuables. So we are busy making money and feeding the world with our wealth. Because you are the first to purchase the new iPhone. You even queue for it. Even when your old phone is, doesn't give you any problem. Because you think that holding the new one is a statement. Not knowing that the true statement is what you leave behind you. For a good man will leave inheritance for his children's children. It is not what you carry. After you are gone, what will be said of you? We are not making impact. It's unfortunate that God gives you ideas. And sometimes something drops in your spirit. And you can't really materialize it. God has given you creative powers, but you're not creating anything. You sit and you can see. Everywhere there is a problem, there is wealth. Because wealth is an answer to a problem. There appears to be a direct correlation between spirituality and poverty. It appears that the more spiritual some people become, the poorer they also become. Africa is still seen as the most impoverished continent, and yet Africa houses the, most, the largest number of churches. Because, you see, and let me say this, then we'll pray. The Antichrist is coming, 
is not to wield military power. If you read your Bible. The Antichrist is coming and what he's doing is that he's going to wield economic power. Commercial power. That if you don't have the mark, you don't sell, you don't buy. That is commerce. He's talking about economics. So what the devil wants to use to weaken the church of our Lord Jesus Christ is finances. Because the less financially sound you are, the less are your influence. Who respects the poor man? The Bible says even the poor man's wisdom is not heard. Do you know what I'm telling you? I'm just challenging you. That we have about probably say 100 people, 200 people, whatever the number is here. If we have 10% out of you, making a conscious effort to rather be job creators, to be employers rather than employees. We don't even need to raise funds for God's kingdom. We don't. The Bible Society needs money to publish more Bibles, to give to people um, in different languages and all of that. And they are catch-trapped because there is no money. God has saved you. You are a believer. And ask yourself throughout the year, what do you even contribute to his kingdom? I, I mean, a God lover who understands wealth creation will even say that, God, I'm going to dare to do this. If you bless me for the next two years, I'm even going to pay the rent of my church. I don't, I don't want pastor to even think about it. That's what we do. There is an orphanage I've seen in somewhere in Africa, in Asia, in somewhere in the Caribbean that I can help if you bless me indeed. I want to supply because you are a solution. In this world, there are only two things. There are solutions and there are problems. You have to choose which one you are. It is either you are a solution to the world's problem or you are the world's problem somebody must solve. Can, can you ask your neighbor which of them are you? I, I, I really want you to. No, I, I really, I dare you to. I, I really dare you. You are either a solution to a problem or you are the problem in itself. You have to pick and choose. But what I mean is this. You being here, God was exposing you to a plethora of opportunities. That was all. So that with your creative insights and his divine direction and help, you can be a solution to a problem that persists. Whatever you are having, as I told you, Somebody sat down and made it. Probably. Even you, you were made by your parents. Your weave on, somebody made it. Your eyeglasses, somebody made it. The foundations, whether it was is Mary Kay or whatever you use, somebody made it. 
whatever you are, whatever you are having, somebody sat down, put them together. What are you putting together for the masses to consume yourself? I did not come this evening to make you shout. I came this evening to make you think. That's all. That's all. That a whole generation is counting on you. That's it. Some of you have your roots in Africa, in the Caribbean, probably in England. In England, there are problems. In Africa, there are huge problems. But as I said, they are not problems if you see them to be opportunities. These days, you don't even need to have an office, a virtual office, and you can get anything done. From your bedroom, you can create and get anything done. You can bring buyers and sellers together and you can get anything done. Maybe you are not technologically savvy. Your kids even understand the computer more than yourself. That's all right. You live in <laughs> coming from another generation. But there is something else that you can do. Or, as we say in HR management, you staff your weaknesses. If God gives you an idea and you don't have the skill set to match it up, you get people who have the skill set to do it and you just pay them. Because it's also a way of creating employment. Listen, until we are able to feed our community, they won't want to know our Christ. So that if God lays on my heart, go and preach the gospel in a village. I'm not thinking, do they have to give me? But rather when I'm going, I go with a truckload of rice and yams and oil to go and feed them. That is Christianity. That is impact. So when you're talking about impact, you are looking at how can I shine for my world to benefit from me. Not what can I take from my world. No, we need to recycle ourselves, recondition ourselves. And know that we are not here as mere statistics. Because we are being programmed as consumers, not producers. Unfortunately, the black race is being conditioned to consume and to collect and not to produce and distribute. Please be outstanding. God will give you an idea. Now, this is what I mean. And so, you have to look for an opportunity. So that you, your prayer is not in vain. When we pray, we pray that God let it rain. Is that not the prayer? But if it rains and you have not put any seed in the ground, what do you grow? You harvest weeds unwanted materials but if you have the right things in the ground trust you me you have the right things growing and you have the right harvest can I get you lifting up your right hand <laughs> you don't you don't you don't need anything apart from an idea because people will ask you 
Do you know? How many of you have heard of the Queen of Sheba before? The Queen of Sheba. How many of you? What did she do in the Bible? She brought gifts to Solomon. But consider her account. She said, I heard of your. So whatever you do, if it makes waves, people will hear. And men will run to where you are when they hear your exploits. I'm telling you. If we are to do right, if we are to explode, if we are to take hold of the economies of our kingdom, of our states, of our countries, of our continents, I can tell you, even people will ask you, how did you do it? You tell them, well, it was an idea God gave me. And they will ask you, can you lead me to this, your God? And by so doing, you have saved a soul. Nothing wins souls more than results. Nothing. So in 2020, we call it a year of results. A year of results. Tangible results on every side. It's results. We show forth results. Could you please lift up your right hand? I just want you to ask God for ideas. I don't know how you will ask him, but I believe that somebody can ask him. That God... I need ideas. It's just an idea. Yours might be you starting a blogging stuff to blog on the internet and people will advertise on your blog. Who knows? You can be a columnist. You can be somebody who writes only on fashion. Blog on fashion. You can even block on makeups, block on hairstyles, block on, on weaver, block on something. I'm telling you, you are wasting precious gifts and talents. You are saying, I don't have money, I don't have money. You can't have money. You need an idea. Money is there to be made as long as there is an idea to meet a need of people. You can be here and satisfy a clientele base in Africa, in Asia, in other parts of Europe, in America. You can do that. Just an idea. Hold on. Lift up your right hand with me. Do you know what thrives in this generation? Gossip. The social media hub was created for people to be able to send information across. You can even create a blogging site, your own, and creating a site won't cost you more than 300. And all that you do is that the new gist in town, that's where you put it. The new gist. Feeding into what the population is looking for. In no more than three months, You'll get people saying that I have seen there is traffic on your site. Can we advertise? That's how the bloggers make money. So people visit and they do the clickbaits. So the more people are clicking on it. I was there when Facebook wrote me an email and said, we have seen that you get a lot of people following you. Da, 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 da. If you allow us to advertise on your page, you'll be making this amount of money every time. I told them I'm not ready to do that. 
because I don't I can't control what you put there I have my own moral persuasions so if tomorrow I allow you and you are paying me and I can't control the adverts you put on my page and tomorrow you've brought something I can't mention in a Western world what do I say but what I mean is that that's how they make money you just need an idea can you hold somebody's hand? But look into the eyes of the person and ask the person, do you need ideas? If the person doesn't need ideas, you can look for another person. Ask the person, do you need ideas? Oh, come on, ask, do you need ideas? The other day I was praying and the Lord told me, all the big churches you are building in about 20 years time you see that is irrelevant i said god what do you mean he said your world is moving more digital that people want to follow a service online than being there present so rather instead of building churches you should in the next couple of decades you should be rather looking at having a studio to broadcast to the world the world is moving. The world is changing. Please pray with me. Hold the, the hand of your neighbor. I just want you to pray that God give him ideas. Will you lift your voice and pray that prayer? <laughs> Rida basuda ba granda ba di bosha da 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 da. Re grando seke de bosha da 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 granda ba da ba ya. Riba da ba kada ba da ba shoka da 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 ya. Ribra do se grando seke de bosha da 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 da. Come on, lift your voice and pray for your neighbor. That ideas will come from on high. Come on, lift up your voice. Come on, you can pray. You can pray. You can pray. Come on, lift your voice. Come on, lift your voice. Come on, lift your voice. Oh, ideas. Divine ideas. Divine ideas. Divine ideas. Divine ideas. Come on, lift your voice. 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 Will you lift your voice and pray? Ideas, 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 ideas. Come on, ideas. Rodaba Shodaba Ruda badi grete besuke de bosha. Ideas. 
ideas 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 makolobo shadabaha rodaba sundele divine ideas yes lord hallelujah hallelujah thank you holy ghost can i get you lifting up your right hand Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I just want you to pray with the idea that just dropped. If no idea dropped, I still want you to pray that God drop an idea. But if something even came into your mind faintly, you want to go to God and say, God, expand the idea. Show me ideas. I'm just giving you some few minutes. Can you pray yourself? Just pray. Just pray. Just pray. If God gave you an idea, pray that he will expand the idea. If no idea came, pray that God give me an idea. If it came but it was faint, pray and seek his face. He is the God who can expand it. Ideas. Oh yes, Lord. Ideas. Oh yes, Lord. Ideas. Come on, pray to him. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Pray. Divine ideas we need. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Ideas. You've done it in times past. You can do it again. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jes